Have you ever wondered how a certain person got their current job? What about this person stood out to the employer? How did they rise above hundreds of other candidates? On this podcast, I aim to find out the exact path professionals in all sorts of fields took to get to where they are today. It's, wow, how'd you get that job? Hey guys, this is Ryan Glanzer, and welcome to episode 11 of Wow, How'd You Get That Job? As I mentioned back in the first episode of this series, I attended the small South Dakota Public University, Dakota State University, from 2001 to 2005. There, I double majored in the overlapping multimedia web development and computer graphic design programs. The university did a pretty good job, I thought, of introducing those of us in the programs to a little bit of every single type of task we might ever encounter in the real world. There were classes in 3D animation, audio engineering, HTML coding, page layout, photo editing, vector image design, color theory, photography, some programming, so much more. Um, I I felt like I was going to be pretty well-rounded. When I received my diploma, however, I realized something fairly critical. While I had working knowledge of 50 different areas of study, I was a master of none. And employers really seemed to want people who were experts at something, and that definitely was not me. It actually didn't take too much looking to find an employer in search of an entry-level marketing employee with my skill set. Basically, someone who had the ability to dabble in many different areas for a very meager wage. You know, I figured I had to get my start somewhere, and at the time, $15 an hour sounded pretty nice. It was at that job that I worked to round my skills and find out what I was good at. Suddenly, five-plus years' experience and all of those disciplines looked halfway decent on a resume. And... As a result, I was able to market myself a little bit better to other employers. And yeah, you're thinking, five years there? That's that's a pretty long time at the entry-level job. And it was. But I did turn down several other jobs I was offered throughout that time to remain with this company who had been very good to me and uh, continued to match and uh, exceed salaries from other jobs. So as it turned out, it just did eventually grow out of it and had to move on. At any rate, enough about me. There are hundreds of other graduates in that program from the 2000s as well. And I've long been curious to find out what paths they took after graduating. I know that some realized they were really good at one aspect of the many things we were being taught and gravitated towards that. Uh, For instance, I know one guy who became an expert 3D animator and is well known in the industry today. I mean, this guy was really good. He put the rest of the class to such shame on every project. It was just laughable. Um, Literally laughable. I laughed out loud at some of the others, whoever had to follow that guy. Another guy um, found out that video editing was his deal, and he uh, today is a pretty respected cameraman in the industry, Um, shoots movies and stuff. Um, A lot of other people, you know, they kind of went my route. They tried to find a job that related to everything, and the job most people ended up with was like a small company that needed like a one-person marketing department to kind of handle everything from the web page to flyers and things like that. That was a very popular career choice. And then I know many others who went into something completely different, just ended up in sales or a whole different career just because there wasn't a demand for what they could bring to the table. Today, I'm visiting with a fellow graduate of that graphic design program at Dakota State University to find out how he got interested in the field in the first place and what he did after obtaining that degree from DSU. And, of course, where it's led him a decade later. Newt Anderson, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me. So why don't you take a minute and tell the uh, folks a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Nathaniel Newt Anderson, um, as everyone knows me. I'm 35. I have three kids. I live in uh, South Sioux Falls, or as they call it, Harrisburg. Um, I work for Avera Health as a digital coordinator in the public relations department. 
Digital coordinator, that sounds uh, sounds pretty broad. What, uh, what all does that encompass? Well, it is a pretty broad position. So I do everything from data analytics, uh, working with uh, Google Studio, working with Tableau for data visualization, to content marketing for our online blog, email design, a little bit of everything, honestly. Oh, wow. So what would a normal day of work look like for you? I mean, I'm sure you're going in like 20 different directions, but uh, what? how about today, for instance? Yeah, so uh, a normal day for me uh, can really vary pretty drastically from one day to another. Uh, I might start with uh, campaign meetings to discuss upcoming digital strategies for our new insurance products that we're dealing with or for a new service line or even just bringing out an old service line and kind of trying to boost the number of people that are coming in for volume driving or branding. And we'll discuss all the different kinds of digital efforts that we might do from website changes and updates to visual pieces that will go online. Uh, we might discuss some of the Facebook and social pieces that our social media coordinator works with and how those might tie back into the website. Um, I could end up working on data visualization with Tableau. And so working with our market intelligence group to put together some nice visualizations for either upper management or even for our marketing coordinators to look at and see where can we you know, make the biggest dent in our market as far as uh, getting the money from our advertising. Also, I work a lot with local listings, so Google local listings that you might get when you get Google Maps online, trying to make sure that information is correct. And with you know, 350 to 400 plus locations, there's a lot of that work to be done every day. So Avira, is this like a hospital or where exactly are you working? Yep, so Avera Health is a hospital system. Um, they have uh, insurance division. They have the multiple regional hospitals, and it's all underneath of the presentation, presentation and Benedictine Sisters that kind of started up different hospitals and then ended up merging all of them together. So it's a huge uh, rural health system that really kind of touches a lot of the smaller communities around South Dakota, uh, Sioux Falls area, and then down into Iowa, a little bit into Nebraska, over to Minnesota. They kind of touch all of those areas. So, now, as the digital coordinator, do you uh, work side by side with like the social media coordinator or and the, the marketing coordinators, or are you? Uh, do they report to you? No. Um, so we're all kind of at the same level. Uh, we work side by side. Actually, my cubicle sits right next to the cube for our social media coordinator. So we talk quite a bit about different pieces that are going on. Uh, we work really closely with our marketing coordinators, their supervisors, all the way up to our, our VP of marketing um, and our vice president of public relations. So we'll work with all of them to kind of come up with the idea for what do we want to do with this campaign or what do we want to do with this service lines, website information or emails that they might be doing. And then we help actually implement a lot of that detail. So that's kind of our hands-on job, but we also do a lot of the strategy that comes with it. So backing up a ways, uh, this career, is this something you could have foreseen having um, like when you started uh, high school, when you started to think about what you might want to do as a career? Did you see yourself in some sort of digital coordinator role or was it way different back then? No, it's, it was way bit different back then. I originally wanted to go into psychology of some kind. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I thought psychology would be fun. Uh, so that's initially what I had started college for. But I probably should have known that I was going to go down that road because I started teaching myself basic HTML, CSS when I was in eighth grade, ninth grade. 
and designing websites just for the fun of it, for no other reason than it was kind of interesting to me that this new internet thing was was going on and there was some cool things that I could do with it. So I uh, started teaching myself a lot of that, and that's kind of how I ended up continuing on in the position was is I kept coming back to that every time I would do something different. I'd end up back at the the web design and that work. Yeah, I think I was the same way, actually. That's how I got into the graphic design field at DSU, too. Um, so psychology, you, you went to school for a year for that, and then you kind of realized that wasn't for you. Uh, what what about that changed? Honestly, it was kind of going through the classes. I just didn't have a draw to it. Um, it was something that I, I found I didn't really enjoy as much as I thought I would, and it didn't really have a calling to me. And so I kind of had to take a step back and reassess what I wanted out of life in the first place and decided, you know, I really enjoyed making art. I really enjoyed kind of working on websites. And that's kind of how I stumbled on DSU was just, hey, they had a, a program that was technology-centered and still art, and I could kind of get the best of both worlds. And so, hey, it worked out. Ended up, you know, taking the leap and driving across the state and living on my own and kind of, you know, new branch of life. I, you know, we have the same degrees, you know, agree, a degree in graphic design is, is fairly wide open when it comes to careers. You know, at some point at DSU, did you start to gravitate towards a certain aspect of the program? I mean, we had so many different uh, classes. There was the 3D design and then you had all the 2D design classes. There was some animation stuff with like uh, flash type things. And um, there's a, a lot of different ways you can go with that. Did you uh, have one like maybe special area? of the graphic design field that you started to gravitate towards? Uh, originally, actually, it was more of the traditional design, painting, drawing. Those are the things that really kind of captured my attention. I wasn't really thinking about, you know, career-wise, where should I be? And, you know, what pieces should I be focusing on for a career? Um, I was doing a lot of the courses mainly because I really enjoyed that work, and that was something that I wanted to continue doing. So a lot of the, that kind of pieces. And then I did enjoy the, the HTML. It was kind of a natural thing for me to continue on with. So I enjoyed kind of doing the HTML and the CSS coding classes. Those were fun. I got so burned out on doing the 3D animation and spending super late nights in that lab waiting for things to render that I, I kind of swore it off after those classes were done. So that one was out. <laughs> but other than that, it was, it was all the, the normal classes that I really enjoyed. So if you're like me, you graduate from DSU and uh... – you start applying for jobs in the field. And for me anyway, it was like, I know a little bit about 50 different things, but I don't know a lot about one thing. So for me, I mean, it was a, a little bit of a challenge to try to market myself in that way. Did you run into any similar issues? I did. So when I got out of college, I kind of came down to Sioux Falls and I'd been working in the, the social services field with people with developmental disabilities through college. And I continued kind of working in that field because I had it already kind of on my resume. It was an in. Uh, it was a field that was pretty easy to get into. Um, and I kind of continued working that. But I looked around and was, you know, applying for positions with graphic design as kind of the main point. And I found that there was kind of a you're either one of those people who's exceptionally naturally talented at it and you can just rock things out and make things look amazing without trying or you're more the technical kind of thing, which is where I was. And they didn't really want the technical people for the graphic design positions. They wanted those people who just had that innate talent to be able to draw, to be able to create. And it took me quite a bit longer. So I wasn't really a good fit for a lot of those. So it took me quite a while to find a place and to find that kind of that digital coordinator type role 
where I could fill in and kind of build some credentials in marketing to be able to apply for more difficult jobs and more advanced jobs. So where did you end up getting uh, your first job? So actually with the social services company that I was working with, um, I'd been running a group home for individuals with autism and they had a position open up with kind of a half marketing and half IT related position where they needed somebody who could troubleshoot basic things on the computer, but they needed somebody to help them out with their marketing and their fundraising efforts. And they just didn't have the money for a full-time position in marketing. So they contacted me and they said, hey, you know, can you help us out? Uh, we need you to update the website. We need some of this other work done. And so I had experience in that CMS and I was able to kind of step right in and start working with that. Ended up stepping into that role, uh, worked there for about eight months um, before I left and then went over to uh, the Furniture Mart, which is where I spent a couple of years really kind of learning a lot of the little details to the marketing world and the digital digital landscape. Well, that works out well then. So you, you have almost like this resume builder sort of thing with this group home that must have uh, benefited you going forward when you start looking for a full-time job in that field then. Yes. Yeah, it definitely did. It, it worked out nicely to kind of transition into that. It did take quite a few years. I, I worked at that group home and I actually ran the group home for four years prior to stepping into that role. So it was kind of a, a difference, different transition for me from being on call 24-7 to being a, you know, an 8-to-5 job, which was really nice. So, but it was something that I, I definitely wanted to get into. So when you took the Furniture Mart job, was that more like an entry-level role? Yeah, so that one was kind of a goofy one in that they originally had a, a, a job that was based on a, updating their old website, which was built on a Joomla CS, or CMS system. And I had uh, designed some websites just on and off for family members, for fun, uh, using the Joomla system, so I knew it. And that was the main reason I kind of was able to step into that role right away as I had you know, immediate access and knowledge of that system that they had used. So... I stepped in, worked on that website. In the meantime, they had already started up a new effort with a third-party company to build a new CRM system that connected to a, a really a truly built-out website that had e-commerce as its main focus. And so because I was working on that website, I had some experience working in that area before. They wanted me to kind of come along for the journey. And so I stepped in, and my uh, supervisor at the time, Corey, was awesome about, you know, giving me the opportunity to go out and figure out the things that I didn't know. Um, you know, we kind of learned it all together. We made a lot of mistakes along the way, but we learned a ton in those next two years of setting up the website, setting up the CRM, making all these things work within this, you know, huge company of 40 some stores and, you know, I think a billion dollars in sales every year or something like that. It was a huge amount of work, but it was great to be able to learn firsthand and to figure out what you didn't know. So, so when you decided to leave Furniture Mart and move on to Avera, um, was that uh, a decision to try to move up uh, to a higher position? It was something to kind of go after something new. Um, the position at the Furniture Mart had kind of continued to evolve. They'd started to get more and more specialized as to what they wanted. So they'd brought in a developer. They'd brought in a graphic designer. So some of the small pieces that I kind of enjoyed doing were kind of going away. Um, but the other part of it was also financial. I mean, it was monetary. Um, with three kids, you know, they're expensive, and you've got to kind of take care of them. And I was looking for something that paid better one, but also was a bit more of a challenge and could push me into the next kind of level of my career. 
And so I kind of went out looking and I found a couple of different places that I had applied at. Avera was one of them. Um, they gave the initial call and that was fantastic. Met with their HR person on the phone and it sounded like a position that I was really excited about. So it was a, it was a good move for me to make. For people listening out there who aren't in the graphic design field, uh, what does a graphic design interview kind of look like or a digital coordinator interview look like? What uh, Are they pretty reliant on uh, seeing some of your past work? Do you have a portfolio put together for them? What, what does an interview look like? So with the graphic design positions, when I had applied for those, those were very visual. Um, you'd bring in your portfolio. They would critique your portfolio right in front of you. You know, sometimes you felt like you had to defend yourself. Other times you just kind of took it on the chin. And if they liked it, they liked it. If they didn't, they didn't. Um, but it depended on what they were looking for for their designer. Every every company's pretty different as far as what they want their designer to be able to do. Um, but you've also got to know your programs, um, knowing how to, you know, work in Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, any of the programs. Um, that's a big one. With a digital coordinator role, it's a little different, actually being kind of a jack of all trades and master of none benefited me quite a bit for that position um, because it's not just looking for one, you know, we don't need somebody who can just work in this one content management system. We want somebody who has experience in maybe two or three of them to tell us what we can do better in ours or to give us some opportunity in another one that we might look at down the road. Uh, you need to be able to work in analytics. You need to be able to kind of do some basic HTML coding and CSS coding because you're going to be messing around with that stuff on a page. But on top of it, you also need to know your strategies. You need to know what are the best ways to get brand messages out online. What are the best ways to get lead generation messages out online? And how is that marketplace kind of changing every day? So you have to be able to keep up with it and keep studying stuff. You know, I'm still trying to learn more into JavaScript now just to keep myself up to speed with everyone else. And that's that's a hard thing when you're actually doing the work and you don't quite have as much time as you thought you did. One thing I've noticed uh, throughout my career anyway um, when you're applying for a job within this field, your resume itself, almost to an extent, serves as a portfolio piece in a design field. Have you noticed that, or I mean, have you taken the time to like make a fancy looking resume or something that will stand out from the crowd when somebody's looking through a, like a, a stack of a thousand? You know, I, I did at first. That was one of the things that I, I kicked off with when I was going after those design positions to, to have a really fancy looking one. And the thing that I kind of found is that a lot of people just didn't care. They never saw it. Uh, you could send it in and it might look awesome on, you know, your PDF or in your printed piece. And the actual hiring manager never even got to look at it, I found. So with, you know, especially with, uh, you know, larger companies, they would go through the HR. The HR person saw it. They didn't care. They just were looking at the statistics and the numbers and seeing if you met the algorithm that they were kind of searching for. Um, but some of them would look at it and they would actually comment on it, which was nice. So you knew you, you got a little bit more, more play off of that. So you just kind of had to depend on the company to, to look at it. But I ended up just spending more time trying to make sure that when I sent in my resume, it was specific for whatever their job was, that they were hiring was for. So if I had experience in multiple CMS systems, I might list those out. Uh, I would list out all the details. So while I might put up my position from working and running that group home to show that, hey, I had multiple years at the same job where I was a manager and I, you know, I, this level of responsibility because that looked good. 
but I'm not going to put in all the bullet point details about what I did during that job because it doesn't matter to what I'm applying for. I would definitely put in a lot more information about the multiple systems, the emails, you know, what kind of changes did I help make at the furniture mart because that was a position that was relevant to what I was going for. And I think that's really the big key as opposed to trying to make it look pretty, make it really specific and detailed to the job you're going for. Yeah, definitely. Good advice. Um, so what sort of skills and personality traits do you think are necessary to succeed in this sort of field that, you know, at, at least in the graphic part of it, for me, it was like, you've kind of got to have some tough skin because you're going to, your work is going to get ripped to shreds by people who aren't artists. You know, you'll have managers and salespeople and stuff who are giving critical feedback of your work and like, well, you know, this, I, I'm the one with the design degree here, guys, but it doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> So for me, that's one of the big things. Um, what other skills and, and personality traits do you think are important? I think you're right on the money with that one. Um, with ours, you got to be patient. More than anything else, you have to learn patience and know that you're going to explain the same thing five, six, seven times to the same person, and they still might not get it. Especially when you're dealing with technical pieces, it can be really hard for somebody who doesn't have a technical background to understand. Um, learn to speak really complicated jargony pieces as simply as possible. You know, we talked about the CMS, um, you know, we would never say that to some of the people that we work with just because they're going to immediately tune out what we're talking about. Within our team, we might have more, you know, detailed discussion that's uh, technical, but we try to simplify it down so that the audience that we're talking to understands exactly what we're saying. And that's, that's really kind of a patience thing that I found that you just have to know that your audience sees it differently than you do and that you sometimes have to explain it two or three different ways to get them to view it from the same point you are. And sometimes they're just not going to view it from the same viewpoint you are. Uh, in the long run, I'm not the one who decides what happens when it comes to the website. That goes a couple of levels above me. And I kind of have to accept that at a certain point, my hands are tied with how I would prefer to go versus how the team prefers to go. And we have to come to a consensus. So you've kind of got to be a little stubborn, but you need to know when to kind of say, okay, enough's enough. You guys, we've, we've agreed on this. Even if I don't like it or I don't agree with it, it's something that the team thinks is in our best interest. And then you go for the data after that. And that's kind of the beauty of the job is that eventually the data is going to tell you whether you were right or wrong. And that's what you'll use to continue on with your work. Right. I imagine lots of uh, A-B testing in your line of uh, work. Yeah, we do quite a bit of A-B testing. Um, we, we also do quite a bit of just general guessing at stuff. You know, you're, that's kind of the beauty of marketing is, is you want it to be a precise science, but it's almost as much an art form as it is a science. And coming up with a strategy you think might work great, it doesn't. And you have to reassess on the fly and figure out, okay, so what does the consumer want to see? Uh, you know, why are they behaving the way that they're behaving? Because I don't understand it. And that's something that you definitely go back and forth with. And you keep an eye on the numbers and are they doing what you want? So let me ask you, what are the, uh, the best and worst parts of this type of job? Some of the best parts of the job are working with the people, honestly. Uh, the team that we have here at Avera is absolutely fantastic. Everyone from the marketing coordinators all the way up to our senior VP are on the same page. Uh, you know, we get a lot of support from upper management. And I've been places before where it felt like you didn't have that. So it's amazing to have your upper management want to talk to you about the details of 
your job and they want to know more and they you know they they really want to understand exactly what you're doing and give you the support that you need to do it and that's been fantastic from the very beginning um, and as well as the team that I work with you know it's great to have as many gifted people as we have on the digital team here and be able to use their resources and use their knowledge to better myself in the long run as well. So that's the best part of the job. The worst part of the job is that it can be extremely tedious sometimes. There are days where when you're staring at the numbers or you're going through and doing a data visualization and it's not doing what you want it to do and you know it should, you end up having to go back and look at the raw numbers, the raw data and say, why is it behaving this way? What's it doing? And figuring out, is your data bad? Did you make a bad pull on it? Or are you just setting up your, your visualization wrong? And that can be so tedious that it just drags you down. But you kind of have to buckle down, push through it, get it done. And once you complete it, you feel a lot better. But that can be extremely tedious. Uh, I, know, I know all too well. I just spent uh, basically a full day creating 600 uh, folders in our email system. So that's that's the way it goes yep. sometimes. <laughs> um, exactly. Do you have any good advice for a kid out there listening who maybe is looking to get into this line of work? Learn to code as much as you can. The more languages you learn to code in, the more money you're worth to any company. Um, it's one of the weirdest things to it is that the more you learn to code, the easier it is to learn it the next time. And that's something that I've struggled with even since graduating college is, is trying to learn the new coding languages. Uh, you know, JavaScript is constantly changing. It's adding new pieces into it. And there's so many other CMS systems out there that if you know how to work in the code, you can go a long way. The rest of it you learn as you go on the job because schooling for marketing, there's some basic concepts behind it that you can learn in the first year or two. But after that, everything changes so rapidly that it's really hard unless you're keeping your finger on the pulse of the actual market around you. And every market is so different, whether you're in the big city or out in a small rural town, people behave differently and they expect different things. You'll figure that out as you go. But learning the technical parts, the, the coding, the color theory, the design, those are pieces that will benefit you ongoing in places you never expected them to come out and benefit you. But yeah, I, I always say that the more you know as far as code goes, the more money you're worth. So what would you say is next for you? I, I imagine you're pretty content where you're at right now and probably not looking too far into the future, but uh, any future plans for the career? Are you looking to one day maybe uh, be in a more of a managerial role? You know, I've, I've done the manager thing. Uh, it's something that I don't really want to do anymore. Um, it's, it's just not in my wheelhouse. I enjoy the hands-on work. I enjoy being at that kind of level where you get to get your hands dirty and you get to really kind of work with, with all the details and you get to learn the new things. And it's a lot less politics. It's a lot less kind of talking with people and dealing with their issues. And it's more just getting work done, which to me is very, very uh, positive. So yeah, no, no intention of going down a manager route. Um, you know, maybe if that's something that I feel called to do when I get there, I'll decide. But at this point, no, I'll probably stay where I'm at and enjoy what I'm enjoying right now, which there's so much change every day. I never know what I'm going to get into that. It, there's no lack of, you know, new things for me to, to learn and come up with and enjoy. So, Awesome. Well, I think that's all the questions I have for you today, Newt. Uh, really appreciate you joining the show. Well, thank you for having me. And thanks again to Newt Anderson and to Avera Hospitals for the time today. Just as I suspected, it was very interesting to hear how a fellow graduate from the same program 
took a different path out of the gates and wound up with a great career relevant to his degree. And thanks for listening to another episode of Wow, How'd You Get That Job? You can find us on Twitter at Podcast, And join us in the coming weeks as I visit with a national trivia host, a real podcaster who does it for a living, and some other interesting careers. I'm Ryan Glanzer. You can find me online at ryanglanzer.com and at rcglanzer on Twitter. So long, everyone.